Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Anna Hosnier. And this is Shireen Lana Yunus. And we host Ethnically Ambiguous, a podcast about being a person of color in America. We also talk about news that isn't covered in the mainstream media. And we're kind of funny about it. So listen and subscribe to Ethnically Ambiguous on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. I'm here. I'm here. I'm always available and ready just in case there's some sort of need. And there is yet again today, as Scott Sloan is out again. But fear not, I've been preparing for this moment all of my life. Welcome back to the festivities, 908. Glad to be with you, as I was yesterday. As we wait for Mr. Sloan to return to uh, his normal functions here, shortly, we hope. You know, this is this is a general talk show. This is where we tackle a lot of different things. Not just uh, politics, not just pop culture, not just sports. It's it, everything. And although my background is in sports, I feel like I'm enough of a... I'm well-versed enough to, uh, to talk about a number of different things. I think so. I, maybe not to the expertise of some others, but... I think I can hold my own in a lot of conversations. And I try not to make this a sports show because, you know, I think everybody, oh, that's a, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, he was in sports. Oh, yeah, he talks about sports. I try not to do that. But there are just some days when you have to default to your wheelhouse, and that's exactly what I'm doing here at this point on this show today. For the life of me, I can't figure out what the hell the Bengals were thinking of yesterday. Bobby Hart, three years, $21 million. I tweeted yesterday, if you were shocked that the Bengals gave Bobby Hart three years and $21 million, imagine how shocked Bobby Hart was. Honestly, I, 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 sometimes you just have to step back and you have to say, What? Anybody that watched the, the, the Bengals played last year, anybody who watched them for a game, two games, a month, anybody that watched that team last year knows that their Achilles heel, the weakest spot that they had was their offensive line. And that from center right, it was a disaster. So what have the Bengals done in the last week? Right they've brought their entire starting offensive line back again. Alex Redmond, God bless him. That poor kid got bull rushed, twisted, turned, corkscrewed. And Bobby Hart. This is what Bill Barnwell wrote on ESPN about this yesterday. Bill Barnwell is one of the writers, and his job, his, he's, he's so charged right now with keeping track of free agents and trades, tracking every big signing and move, and grading them. He writes of the Bobby Hart signing, It's difficult to find a silver lining in Cincinnati's move to re-sign Hart, who was cut by the Giants last year amid concerns that he had quit on the team. The 24-year-old cleared waivers, went to injured reserve, signed a one-year deal with the Bengals. 
here's where I normally would say things went well, and this is what led the Bengals to sign hard to a long-term deal. That isn't really what happened. Hart appears to have played pretty poorly in his debut season with the Bengals. Pretty poorly? Check profootballfocus.com. That was my aside, by the way. While he stayed healthy and started all 16 games for the first time in his career, Hart also committed 14 penalties, fourth in the league in that department. Nine, nine of those penalties were false starts. Either way, Hart hasn't shown much, suggesting he's even a competent NFL tackle. Incoming offensive line coach Jim Turner, remember that name, hand-waved away concerns about sacks and pressures by talking about how Hart has played with passion. But the bottoms of NFL rosters and practice squads are full of guys who have played with passion. So they dropped three years and $21 million on this dude. Tyler Croft, meanwhile, who is a serviceable backup tight end, winds up signing with Buffalo. The Bengals bring back C.J. Uzama, who is, again, a serviceable tight end. Nobody would accuse either one of those guys of ever challenging for a bust position in Canton. Meanwhile, other NFL teams seem to be going for it. Dante Fowler... Signs a one-year deal. Dante Fowler Jr. Now he's an edge rusher, outside linebacker. Depends on what kind of position, what kind of grade, what kind of uh, defense you play. uh, Jawan James, offensive tackle, Denver Broncos. Four years, fifty-two million, thirty-two mil guaranteed. Devin Funches to the Colts, Kareem Jackson to the Broncos. Adam Humphreys, wide receiver, Titans. Four years, $36 million. Keep an eye on that deal because that could be a bellwether for whatever deal Tyler Boyd tries to negotiate here. But on and on we go with these these signings and these trades and how teams are positioning themselves with other people's free agents to try and get over the hump and to the next level. Meantime, the Bengals sign Bobby Hart. Trey Flowers, defensive end, Detroit Lions. I mean, I you know, I do I know if Trey Flowers is going to stand by for the pun, blossom in Detroit? I don't know. The eighty million dollar total money in that deal seems exorbitant for that guy. And most of the great most of the the, 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 the players the team sign right now, most are not going to be things that are wow. I mean, Malik Jackson with the Eagles, I think that's a good signing. But a lot of these are just kind of run-of-the-mill run-of-the-mill trades, run-of-the-mill signings. Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders. It's great for the Raiders. They, they paid pennies on the dollar for the deal. But you mean to tell me you open up free agency in this town after what's transpired here the last couple of years by re-signing Bobby Hart? you got to be kidding me. 
Here's Dave in Dayton. He wants to wave in. You're 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 probably excited about Bobby Hart signing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is why the Browns are the odds-on favorite to win the conference. You know, with this fiasco and then uh, Big Ben killing his own killer bees, yeah. running them off, and um, and then Baltimore's traded off a lot of their big pieces. But you know, I, I told you on your show that they should have went after Trent Brown because it's no secret why. The Patriots have their success. Is um, Tom Brady has a nice, clean white jersey at the end of a game, and he went through the whole playoffs with hardly being touched. Where Andy is a terrible outside the pocket quarterback. You know, when he when he's scrambling, and he's in scramble mode as far as passing downfield. It's usually a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And, some. So I'll tell you what, Dave. Somebody, thanks for the call. Somebody wrote on Twitter yesterday. Andy Dalton read that the Bengals have signed, re-signed Bobby Hart and was immediately sacked. How about the rich getting richer? How about New England? How about the Eagles trading Michael Bennett to New England? Bobby Hart. And here's the other thing that, that caught my attention. Is the honeymoon over between FC Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati, and its fan base? I heard Brian Combs. Use that verbiage today while chatting with M-Square, Mike McConnell. In a nutshell, this is what's going on. And the fan base with FC Cincinnati is, I mean, they are, they're upset. And I would be too, to be honest with you. I mean, this is, this is, you know, Jeff Birding likes to say that this team was grown organically. How many times have we heard him say that? This team has been grown organically. So now comes word that FC Cincinnati has sold its quote-unquote streaming rights, its regional streaming rights, to some company called Flow Sports. Maybe that's run by Flow from that insurance company. I'm not sure. We're going to check into that. But here's the deal. If you live within the greater Cincinnati area and you can get Star 64 with rabbit ears or whatever it may be, then you're going to see all of the games that Star 64 televises. And it's the majority of FC Cincinnati's games. It's about 24, 25 games. The rest will be on Fox Sports, ESPN, something like that. Fox Sports 1, ESPN. So if you're within the greater Cincinnati area, you're okay. You, you put the rabbit ears up or whatever you do, you get it off DirecTV or cable and you can see the games. But if you live outside of where Star 64's signal is or it's not on a cable or DirecTV, and frankly, that's not too far. I mean, Star Six, you can, you, you, the Star 64's over the air signal is not great. Okay. It's not. When you live up in Troy, you live in Lexington, you live in Evansville, you're not getting Star 64 off rabbit ears. You're just not. So the problem becomes what do you do? How do you see the games? Well, you might have subscribed to Star 64's YouTube channel. That's a way around it. Well, not really. Because now with this deal, this deal deal that FC Cincinnati made with Flow Sports, if you've got the YouTube channel from Star 64, you are out of luck. And you're going to have to subscribe to this Flow Sports thing for $30 a month or $150 a year to see all these games that are not on Fox Sports 1 and ESPN. You are SOL, baby. 
And the fan base is upset. I have a statement here that was uh, put out by the Pride, which is one of the major uh, backers of this team. They sit in the Bailey. They make a lot of noise. There's several groups out there, but the Pride is one of the major support groups. And they're upset. We were incredibly disheartened to read that FC Cincinnati and MLS have seen fit to sell, quote, regional streaming rights, end quote, to Flow Sports. The statement goes on, this deal, which was completed with absolutely no input from supporters, represents a step backwards in availability of FC Cincinnati games for fans that cannot, be it because of distance, cable provider, or signal issues, receive Star 64 to watch over-the-air broadcasts. I'm telling you, you go north of 275, you're not going to get Star 64. I hate to break that to the Star 64 people, but equally disheartening, according to this statement, is the news that Flow Sports, MLS, and FC Cincinnati will not be offering supporters any kind of discount to watch FC Cincinnati matches. Supporters of DC United, another Flow Sports partner, received a code to reduce the cost of watching matches to a reasonable level. So they're pretty danged upset at, uh, at, FC, uh, at, uh, at the Pride. And I'm saying to myself, where is all this going off the rails? For, you got your football team that opens free agency by signing a guy that might have been your worst player to a three-year, $21 million contract. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And now you got... The sweetheart in town, the new shiny toy in town, the team that everybody's fallen in love with, not letting their fans see their games in places like Louisville, Lexington, Evansville, Troy, Dark County, Green County, wherever you can't get Star 64, either on your cable system, over the air, or wherever. And making you pay $150 a year to see those games, even if you have subscribed and paid for Star 64's YouTube channel. All going, it's all, I'm telling you, it's, it's nuts. It's all going off the rails. If I'm exercised over that too much, please let me know. But the fact of the matter is, I think we've got a couple of franchises here that are forgetting what their fan bases really want. And that's never a good thing. It's coming up on 922, Kent Brew for Scott Sloan. On this program today, I'll be joined by Tim McGee to talk about 
just what I've been talking about here about Bobby Hart and what how that in any way, shape, or form makes sense. And what they're going to do with their most vulnerable free agent that's out there right now, now Darquez Denard. Also on the show today, one of the greatest musicians in the history of rock and roll music died last night. And he's someone you've never heard of, but he's someone whose work you have heard over and over and over again and why you need to remember this guy. We'll get into uh, what's going on with the Better Business Bureau. And at 11 o'clock, if your child is accused of bullying, should you, as a parent of the bully, be fined by your school system? I think I might be in favor of that. I might end a lot of that crap. You hit Horace and Rita in the wallet because Biff is beating up kids at school or shaming them or something like that. Watch Horace and Rita take Biff under control at that point. We'll get into that at 11 o'clock. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan on a glorious Tuesday. I hope it is for you, too. 700 WF. Well, here you go. Yes, yes, yes. Sunny and a high of 53 today. And then uh, cloudy low 38 tonight, a little bit of rain tomorrow, 62 for the high. And then on Thursday, you might have to dodge the rain, but be still my beating heart. 70 for the high on Thursday. We're at 33 degrees right now at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station. News Radio 700 WLW. Got a, uh, you heard about this Twitter thing that all the kids are doing this stuff, the, the tweets? Uh, Jason, one of my st- I mean followers, says, have you looked at MLB and NFL streaming? NFL and Major League Baseball wants to charge me, that would be Jason, $100 a year and won't, as he puts in capital letters, let me stream my local team. They all seem hell-bent on screwing fans in publicly funded stadiums. FC Cincinnati is no different. All I can tell you is this. If I'm an FC Cincinnati fan, And I was part of the quote-unquote organic growth that their CEO likes to talk about. And I can't see any games not on ESPN or Fox Sports unless I live within the coverage area of Star 64. I have to pay $150 a year to get it. $150 a year. Who thought that was a good idea? It's 9.30, time for the news. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan on ESPN, on Fox Sports, on YouTube, on any place else that's free. Because if it's free, it's me on 700 WLW. Podcast player. 9.36. 700 WLW, Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. In the last 10 minutes, the Bengals have made it official. They've signed Bobby Hart, three years, $21 million. Just in case you're holding out hope that this was some sort of hellish nightmare, welcome back to the show. So the Bengals opened uh, free agency by signing a guy that graded out as one of the worst (laughs) offensive linemen in the league last year. Well, I can't figure that out, but maybe someone who can is one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of Cincinnati Bengals football, and that would be my good buddy Tim McGee, who joins me here on 700 WLW on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Good morning, Timothy. How are you, Mr. Bruce? 
So if Bobby Hart could get $21 million out of the Bengals, how much could you get out of the Bengals right now if you were in your prime? I'm figuring at least a hundred. Based on, based on his numbers, and I don't mean a hundred dollars. I mean a hundred million. The bottom line is, uh, as I've been told, based on the statistics, that uh, I had a productive year in years. So therefore, I guess if they were going to reward me, they would reward me with uh, something of a um, hundred million dollars in comparison to Bobby Hart's uh, twenty-one million dollars seven-year average contract yeah. is absolutely abysmal. Yeah, uh, my advice to you is to wherever you are right now, I turn around and go to Paul Brown Stadium and say, I'm available. Hey, <laughs> I'd get you at least three catches in a game. You know, I can operate in space. Uh, honest, But in all sincerity, I, I, I really and truly uh, don't understand this. I have no idea why they would begin free agency uh, by, by signing this guy. After they brought back their right guard, who, let's face it, struggled mightily last year. So they're back with their entire offensive line from 2018, and that was the worst part of the team last year. Why Why should we believe this team's going to be any better this year? Well, if you're looking at the fundamentals, if you're looking at, uh, if you go back a couple months prior to the uh, Taylor Hall, and when everybody wants to change uh, for Marvin, et cetera, et cetera, the needle has not moved forward by no question. It's, it's, it's kind of gotten worse. There's more questions than answers now, but it hasn't generated any excitement whatsoever. And matter of fact, if you ask just the average Bengal fan who's the head coach, Ada could not, could not name that particular person. And when you continue to make, you know, some of the most, uh, I, I, I want to classify them as just flat out dumb, uh, decisions to bring back. It's going to bring the guy back. I get that. Mm. He's young. He's athletic. And maybe they see an upside. But what made you overpay him? This is not a situation where he was going to get anywhere near these dollars in the in the future from another team. It just yeah. wasn't going to happen. So it, it leaves me scratching my head, and I probably need some band-aids to, yeah. for all the blood that's coming out my head to figure this one out. And it just... It makes absolutely no football sense. Uh, and I just hope they protected themselves, and I'm pretty sure they did, protected themselves with the language that allows them to get out of this deal if he has another year like he's had the last his, his first three. Meantime, Tim, other team, the Ravens today. Uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 the Jets today signed former Ravens linebacker C.J. Mosley. He's going to get an $85 million deal. C.J. Mosley to the Jets. The Jets have restacked their linebacking core, and a lot of these players, you know, that that sign free agent deals, they're not they're not a panacea. They're not going to change the direction uh, of teams significantly, but some will. I mean, some will. We we know that we've seen it, we've seen it work well. Uh, Mitch Morris uh, goes to the Bills. He's a center. He's going to help that offensive line. Um, uh, Tyron Matthew, a safety. He's going to the Chiefs. He's going to help that team. Uh, but I, I, what I, what I don't understand, and I've never understood philosophically, is how the Bengals don't just—they just don't feel like playing free agency on day one. They have a complete disdain for playing free agency on day one, and therefore they miss out on maybe that one or two impact player that can change the course of a game. I don't under philosophically I just don't understand it in this day and age of football. Can you help me understand it? 
Well, number one, the first day of free agency being a former agent is about impact players. You're going to find players that can and will, if healthy, produce in a way that you will see your wins increase. That's number one. However, I have had a personal direct conversation with Mike Brown years ago. Mike does not believe in the college recruiting aspect of the NFL. He doesn't believe in overpaying the guy on the first day. He wants the market to settle. He's willing to gamble on that. And as you can see, it typically doesn't work out for him. Things would be never working out for him. However, that's his philosophy, and you can see that philosophy is now transitioning to Katie and Troy Blackburn. And I don't personally think that's a good philosophy or a good business strategy because, as you stated so eloquently, that impact players are assigned the first day. And your fan base gets so excited when they see your training the big names out there, but the Bengals are just not going to do it. Yeah, and, 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 and here's, here's the other thing, too, about, about that philosophy that they have. It puts so much pressure on your scouts, on your assistant coaches, to draft and draft well and not make mistakes because if that's the way you're going to build your team through the draft and you're not going to add impact free agents, you're going to wait till, as you say, or as Mike says, the market settles, and you go in and you bottom feed on guys that nobody – everybody passed on in the first day or two, it puts so much pressure on the way you draft that you can't afford to make mistakes. And unfortunately, this team has made mistakes, particularly at the top end of its draft, in the last five years. And you win, if you went through the draft, with guys that you draft on day one and day two. So to me, me, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it makes even less sense than dropping 21 mil on a guy that couldn't block a doorway last year. I just don't think you can build a championship team in the NFL in this day and age simply by drafting players. Am I wrong? You're absolutely correct. But it starts or it started with what I call the Jim McNally syndrome. Back in the 80s during my career, Jim McNally was able to take your average player, teach them, coach them, to a point where they were playing at a super high level. That has gotten in Mike Brown's mind that it can repeat itself even in the year of 2019. It just doesn't happen. You've got to go get the talent. It's the talent. And when you talk about the pressure on the, the scouts and the coaches, if you look at the Bengals free agents, look how many first rounders. Yeah, you got dark heads. You got uh, uh, Cedric Aboy, you got Jake Fisher, you got Andrew Smith. These guys were drafted in the first round, and you don't hear or see teams running after them. You don't even know if the Bengals will reach around these guys. Yeah. So you look at the, you, when you look at the draft and the draft history of the Bengals, it's just not working out. There's two. There's just not enough AJ Greens. Let's just say it's just yeah. not enough AJ Greens. Well, we're chatting with uh, Tim McGee, the Bengal great, my good buddy here on 700 WLW, and, and and you mentioned something early on about Buzz. Uh, it's just not. It's it. Uh, this was this was a marvelous opportunity for them to create a little bit of buzz. Uh, they they went through that whole time about waiting for their head coach and then being turned down or not being able to do deals with four, four or five defensive coordinators and. Now all of a sudden, here we are on, on in the middle of free agency with the draft about five weeks away, and uh, they got to sell tickets down there, Tim. That, that was the whole idea of getting rid of Marvin. They got to sell. T- 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tickets. They got to create buzz. And I don't. I, I just don't feel any buzz down there. And I don't know where you go to get buzz at this point. Well, I feel I feel buzz, but it's a negative buzz. Yeah. I, 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 again, I don't see where the needle has moved north or any excitement has been generated. Uh, the, the hire of uh, Coach Taylor was a reach. It was, you know, you have a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, the coach. Uh, there, there are, that left a lot of coaches internally that were looking for jobs or were available and left them scratching their head and questioning if they would even come to an organization like the Bengals. So that did not move the needle in a positive way. Your fan base well, hell, we could have had uh, Marvin Lewis. We could have kept Marvin Lewis the way we're going right now. Yeah. So, again, when you talk about putting butts in the seats, I, I, listen, I am the biggest Bengal fan. Obviously, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a, a huge follower. I'm loyal. Obviously, what they've done for my family. However, when I look at it from an objective standpoint, I don't see any moves right now that would lead me to believe that this 2019 year will be in any way, shape, or form exciting or building for the future. I just don't see it. This yeah. is I, I think Kenny bear in mind to write a book called All Home right now. <laughs> it's good to hear your voice again, Tim McGee. Old number eighty well, he's not that old, but he's old I, I am. All right, my buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Tim McGee. I don't know where you go to get buzz. Now, the Reds have buzz, but here's the deal. We don't know if the Reds are going to be any good or not. We think they will be because, well, they just have so many new faces and so many new bodies, and the town is up on its toes about opening day two weeks from Thursday. But what the Bengals have gone through since December, where, you know, you got to wait. You're waiting for the head coach. He's waiting, you know, he's waiting to hire assistant coaches. You can't get a defensive coordinator hire. And then the first thing you do, your first personnel moves, is you bring back an offensive line that was the worst group collectively on that, on that team last year. You brought them all back. No, 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 no. This is I'm not castigating Clint Bowling. Clint Bowling's a good player. I think Cordy Glenn can be I think he can, I think he can be a serviceable left tackle. I think Billy Price can be a very good National Football League center. But collectively they were not good and from center right they were pretty danged bad. And so the first thing you do is you bring back the right guard and then you sign the right tackle to three years and $21 million? you got to be kidding me. Ugh. 947. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. News Radio 700 WLW. To Milford. 700 WLW. Welcome back. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. How you doing on this Tuesday? Not going to be a bad Tuesday at all. Up in the low 50s. You know... If the ground has um, 
the ground has dried out just enough. This might not be a bad day for golf. We'll see. We're uh, we're hovering, hovering. We're stuck in the mid-30s right now. But if it does get to the projected high of 53 today, one may think one could get out and maybe play a, you know, quick nine. Uh, I don't know if you saw this last night, but uh, Conor McGregor, remember Con- the mixed martial arts guy? He's got an ang- he's got anger issues. Guy's got anger issues. I, I mean, some people just have anger issues, and maybe it's because of his chosen profession. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of other people that aren't MMA fighters that have anger issues, but anyway, authorities. In South Florida, say that mixed martial arts artist and boxer Conor McGregor has been arrested for stealing the cell phone of someone who was trying to take his picture. Uh, he was charged with felony strong-armed robbery and criminal mischief, according to the Miami Beach Police. Now, here's what happened. It was, uh, it was early yesterday, about 5 a.m., and uh, McGregor and a fan were walking out of a resort uh, the resort has a, has a nightclub down there that is the LIV nightclub. Now, you never know with these nightclubs. It may not be the LIV nightclub. It might be the 54 nightclub. But in any event, just past 5 a.m., they're walking out, the fan and McGregor, not necessarily with each other. And the fan tried to take a photo of Conor McGregor, and McGregor slapped the phone out of the fan's hand and then stomped on that phone several times. According to the report, McGregor then picked the phone up. Phone was valued at one thousand dollars. Must have been one of them there uh, iPhones, you know, one of them uh, iPhone XSs, the XS phone. And then he walked away with it. McGregor just stomped on this thing and walked away with it. So uh, his, his defense lawyer says, "Ah, it was just a misunderstanding. Nah, it's a minor altercation. It's a cell phone." Ah, there's, no, there's nothing to this. Well, the cops feel differently, as you might expect. And so um, he'll probably wind up, uh, you know, facing the music. They'll probably bring him in. Not arrested yet, but they'll bring him in. Probably sit him in front of a judge. And Remember what McGregor did, though? When was it? Maybe, maybe a year ago? It was about a year ago. He was in New York City. And uh, there was this charter bus. Remember, there was, I don't know if you saw the video, charter bus that was down on the arena floor. I think it was Madison Square Garden in New York. And he got into it with somebody. I don't, uh, I don't know who it was. It was some, one of the, somebody that was getting on that charter bus. It was one of the, another UFC fighter. And McGregor picks up a dolly and throws it. No, 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 no. Not that kind of dolly. The kind you move things around with. Picks up this dolly and throws it through the window of a bus. Uh, they they charge him with two felonies then. He pled out, disorderly conduct, three days of anger management, five days of community service. My guess is, is that the judge down there in Miami Beach is probably going to uh, issue a little more anger management training for Conor McGregor. But, I mean, does that ever work? Seriously, does anger management ever work? I know some people that have gone through it. They're still pretty angry people. They, they, apparently, when you go through it, and again, I don't know the ramifications of this, but I know what I've been told anecdotally about it, is that you try to replace the thoughts that you have that are causing this anger with other thoughts, more placid thoughts, 
thoughts that perhaps would not lead you to throw a dolly through a bus window or grab somebody's cell phone and then stomp on it just because they were going to take your picture. Now, honestly, do a lot of people want Conor McGregor's picture? I mean, of all the things you want in life, would you want Conor McGregor's picture? I don't think I would. I mean, I'm not into, you know, you know, star chasing to begin with, but the fact of the matter is, is I don't think that I would get myself all wrapped up in a, in a tizzy trying to get Conor McGregor's picture. But then again, some people would. So anyway, uh, that, that happened the other night. A $1,000 cell phone is now in his possession or somebody's possession, and it's been destroyed. All right, straight ahead on this edition of the Scott Sloan Show with your substitute teacher today, Ken Brew. He may be the greatest rock and roll drummer you've never heard of. And he left this earth last night. Uh, I talked to him several times on my show. This guy has been on more hits than any crime family in New York. He's got so many number one records on his resume that he's taken with him to the great beyond. What he meant to music and why, if you haven't heard of this guy, you need to listen up and pay attention. It's all straight ahead on the home of your Cincinnati Reds two weeks from Thursday, opening day. And that will be right here on 700 WL. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. One of the most iconic beats in all of rock and roll music. And it belonged to a man who played on this record by the Ronettes. This is Hal Blaine on drums. Boom, boom, boom. Hal Blaine may be the most prolific drummer in the history of music. I, I don't know of any other person who is regarded by many as, uh, you, you pick anybody that's uh, a great rock and roll drummer. The legends that are in the big groups, nobody, none of them. Not John Bonham. Nope. Nope, none of them played on the, on the amount of music that was the, either the music of your life or the stuff that rock and roll history is made of. Hal Blaine was part of a group out in California called the Wrecking Crew. A gathering of musicians that were kind of on the edge. They were rock and rollers. And the old-time musicians out in L.A., they didn't like them. Because they came in and they just made things different. They pushed the ball down the road. They changed things for the better. Change is what makes things better. Things don't get better on their own. Change makes things better. And in in the course of rock and roll music... There was nothing that changed things more than the wrecking crew. One by one, they are they're dying now, and the latest to leave this earth was Hal Blaine, who died last night at the age of 90. But on my show several times in the past few years, and sadly will never be on again. But the amount of hits this guy played on, this time in Ring by Gary Lewis and the Playboys, Mr. Tambourine Man by the Birds, everything that Brian Wilson did on Pet Sounds... Hal Blaine was the percussionist. He was the epicenter of the wrecking crew. And today, all through the music industry, he is being remembered as someone who just was part of a group that changed the fabric of music in this country forevermore. I could go on and on about this, and there are a lot of people that will be talking about it as the day goes on. But um, 
This guy was uh, this guy was absolute and unqualified nails. Let's welcome in from ABC one of their great entertainment correspondents, Matt Wolf. There, there are no bad entertainment correspondents, are there? Right? Really? That's what, that's what being marginalized is now. Okay. I'll no, take, no, no. Tuesday. It's cool, Kevin. No, no, I've heard you. I don't think there's any. Well, what could be better than great? The great est? I don't know. But uh, it's something. Great Hal Blaine, maybe? You know, it's funny. I, I interviewed Hal Blaine a couple of times on this radio station, and uh, this is a guy that is at the epicenter of all things that was pop music in the 60s and the 70s, and he's probably... The most famous musician no one's ever heard of, right? Well, that's what I was thinking about last night. You know, if, if you're deep into music and if you're a music fan, and especially if you're a drummer, you know Hal Blaine and you know the legacy he leaves behind. Passed away yesterday at age 90. Like you said, he's the best drummer that many people, you know, quite frankly, didn't know about, depending on your age and generation. Highly influential. Let's listen. Let's, you know, run down, actually, a couple of just a few of these songs that you can hear his work on. Sonny and Cher, I Got You, Babe, The Bird. Birds, Mr. Tambourine Man, Barbara Streisand, The yeah. Way We Were, Simon Garfunkel, The Boxer. I didn't know that no. until last night. I'm reading the rundown yeah. like, what? Mrs. Robinson, he was on too as well. Just a staggering amount of music and a fantastic legacy. Like you said, probably one of the most influential musicians, I think, of the 20th century. He told me that he would do... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sometimes three gigs in one day, and he would have a drum guy that would just stay in front of him. He would take, he would do one gig, and it might be rock and roll, and then the drum guy set his, his kid up at another studio for country, and then they might finish up a third one, which might be just standard, something with, as you said, Streisand or Sinatra or something like that. All right, and what I love is, you know, he's part of this group called The Wrecking Crew, yeah. and I'm reading up more on these guys last night, and, you know, it's just one of these things that you don't think about. They were called The Wrecking Crew because back in the day, they were the upstarts. They were the ones that came in in jeans and T-shirts into the studios rather than, you know, blue blazers yeah. and, and, and yeah. pantsuits or whatever. And just, you know, the, the old guard was going, oh, no, who yeah. are these guys? They're going to wreck our yeah. music. Yeah. You know, but that's what happens. Every, every, you know, 10, 20 years or so, you need people like that to flip the script in the business. And Hal Blaine did just that. He did. And what a conglomeration of musicians. I mean, you had... You had him, and you had Carol Kay, one of the first female yeah. rock and roll players on bass guitar. And you had Tommy Tedesco, and everybody thought, well, who's the greatest guitar player of all time? Well, it might have been Tommy Tedesco, who played on the, those exact same hits that Hal Blaine played on. Exactly. And again, I'm looking at more of these songs. These boots are made for walking. Yeah. Monday, Monday. Um, let's see. I think I love you. Love mm -hmm. will keep us together. I yeah. mean, he wasn't just you know pushing stuff out in the 60s. It was going into the 70s, too. Yeah. And, of course, we can't forget about his stuff on Phil, Fect uh, uh, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound Projects, the Ronettes, Be My Baby, that opening four-beat hit. It's boom, iconic. Boom, it's boom, iconic. Boom, boom. Yep. Oh, it is. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, Matt, it, 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 all of that stuff is gone with the wind. It really is. And I'm not, I'm not castigating music as it, it exists today. We all love the music we grew up listening to. 
But when you think about it, most of those groups back in the 60s were front guys. They were just, you know, guys that would go up on stage on a live concert and they just play well enough to keep the screaming kids happy. But when they went in the studio, the producer wanted it perfect, and that's where Blaine and his group came in. Right, and that's not to take anything away from musicians of today, but the workhorse ethic that you're talking about before, I mean, these were guys that you know were running around on like two, three yeah. hours sleep because they were playing gigs, and then they were going into the studio, and then they were just killing it. It was such a vibrant, experimental time, especially in the 60s, not just with music, but with other <laughs> things too, obviously, but that's another conversation. Yeah. yeah but, you know, we're, we're going to miss him. I mean, eight consecutive Grammy. And again, like you said, different era, different time, but he leaves behind this enormous legacy that we'll enjoy hopefully for years to come. All sorts of entertainment is changing. It's morphing. It's fluid at all levels, not just in music. But but there wasn't – it was just fly by the seat of your pants back then. And it's yeah. not that way now. Everything now, be it television or movies – you know the the uh, the green screens they use in movies now. It, it it's also so processed, and it, there's none of that. You know, okay, we can do that when they probably couldn't, but they pulled it off somehow. Well, it's it was more of a boots on the ground mentality. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, and 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 I really like that comparison that you compare. You know, that this sort of music with like say the way certain movies are made today with with computerized special effects and that sort of thing. You know. I was watching a an, an older episode of Star Trek and looking at all of the old models and everything like that. I mean, some of it is cheesy, yeah. you know what I mean? But you look at some of the movies that they made afterwards, some of the Star Trek movies, where they were still using models and real basic stuff that gave a sense of depth mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. That still holds up, and that music still holds up just as well. It is. It does. And, and, and you know what? I'm glad you, heard, you, you mentioned Star Trek because... Uh, my kids, when they were growing up, big Star Trek fans, but they also loved the early Doctor Who episodes, you know, oh, from the, yeah. and some of that stuff was just cheesy. I mean, you could just tell these things were, you know, compared to now, but they scared the <laughs> hell out of my kids. It right, was like they were watching this. They believed it. Please, Doctor Who, the Dallas, I mean, Yes. Those things scared the out of me. I'm like, what? And because they were real. They were actual props. You know, you, you could, it, it was tactile stuff. You know, you can tell the difference right now. I mean, some of the some of the special effects today, and don't get me wrong, yeah. you know, are still amazing, but, you know, they're computer generated, and you know that. You know, with some of these older films and everything from a certain era, you know, see Superman Fly yeah. with Christopher Reeve. Some of those, <laughs> I mean, that's really him. Right. Those are just wires. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? No. But they, but they made it with the illusion that you could really believe a man could fly. Yeah. And it was just as different with music back then. Like you right. said, it was a real, you know, tactile boots on the ground strategy. And they turned out massive yeah. hits from Hal Blaine's yeah. era. Yeah, I, yes, Superman, George Reeves. I love that guy. They'd shoot bullets off his chest, and then he'd like flinch when they threw a gun at him or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I hope, I hope there. You know, I'm glad you're talking about this today, and I hope there is some recognition throughout uh, the country today, and maybe who knows, maybe into the Grammys next year, because what he did, what that group did out there, I think did more to push the ball of music down the road than virtually any group, any collection of musicians. I know the Funk Brothers, I know the guys, the Philly Soul guys, and I know the Beatles and the Stones, but these are the guys that molded the hits, and I just hope there's some now additional recognition now that the passing of Hal Blaine has happened. Well, I would expect... 
expect at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony here in New York in a couple of weeks, I would suspect that there's probably going to be a, a, a nice nod to Hal because he is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member. He was inducted back in 2000. I mean, eight consecutive Grammys, too, uh, this guy has. You know, I don't see them not recognizing the legacy of Hal in a few weeks. But, you know, also, if you're a fan of music, you, you have to look to the past for your influences. You have to look toward the past, and you have to look at masters like Hal. Uh, you know, other drummers, too. I mean, drumming is, you know, the the drum is the beat of the song. It, it is. is literally the heartbeat of a song, and it's what pushes the song ahead. It what moves it. You know, listen to the opening beats of rock and roll from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Yeah, I know. Is not rock and roll without drums. You got and that, you man. can make that comparison, you know, with other songs under Hal Blaine's belt. You got that, man. You got it. And you are the great Matt Wolf. The great Matt Wolf. As long as I'm hosting a show here, which could be a you know done after today. You are the great Thank you, Matt. Have a great day. We appreciate Take care, you. Captain. All right, bye. <laughs> Hal Blaine played on this, as did all of the wrecking crew, but when when they got the this song completed in the studio in Hollywood, it needed this 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 it didn't need, but the producer wanted this lush orchestration that completed the recording process. And so Blaine not only went to London to lay down some drum tracks that would enhance what they had here. The producer said, How could could you maybe help us with the orchestration? And so he literally conducted the orchestration that you hear in the background. It's one of the most challenging pieces of music for a drummer, this. Because the, the, the cadence changes at least four times inside this piece of music. And uh, Blaine explained to me when we, uh, we had a chance to visit a couple of years ago for the last time how... How difficult this piece of music was and how he was complimented on it more than anything else he did. This guy was a virtuoso to the nth degree. Hal Blaine passing last night at the age of 90 years old. It's coming up on 1019. News Radio 700 WLW. Grubhub. It's another Hal Blaine song right here. 700 WLW. Welcome back. We're talking about the passing of the great Hal Blaine, one of the least known and greatest musicians of all time who uh, left this earth last night. Watch him how he kicks this up with a bass drum here. That was all ad-lib. He said he and, uh, and Herb Albert were in the studio and they, Albert had his Tijuana brass with him. And uh, they had this song, but it just had no direction. So he just said out of the blue, he says, I just gave him a 4-4 beat with a bass drum and boom. Brought it all together, and yet another number one hit that uh, Hal Blaine played on today. Welcome back, 700 WLW. Sunny high, 53 today, and then uh, cloudy with a low of 38 last uh, tonight. Slight chance of rain on Wednesday, but a high of 62. Be still my beating heart. And then 70 on Thursday, but we're going to get some rain with that. So you take the good with the bad. 35 degrees right now at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio, 700 WLW. There's just there's a great documentary that's uh, that was out on the Wrecking Crew. It came out uh, maybe like uh, five six years ago, and there's a book too, and uh, it's got all the anecdotes, all the stories, all the things that happened when they were in the studio. 
But uh, this was one of the ones that we, we talked about where Blaine just kind of crafted it in a way that it became a hit. The other song that, that's got kind of an interesting um, take to it is, is the song that, that Frank Sinatra turned into a hit back in the 60s. It, it's, it's called Strangers in the Night, this song. And Blaine's playing, playing bass drum, uh, playing drums on this. The whole drum kit is out there. All the Wrecking Crew musicians are there and Frank's singing. Well, the story told was apparently Sinatra had the studio booked from 6 o'clock at night to 9 o'clock at night. And he had to record one song, and it was this song. Now, when you're, you got the studio blocked, you're playing for, you're paying for everything. So Sinatra's paying for his producer. They're paying, they're paying for everything. They got the orchestra there. They got the engineers there. They got the tape guy there. They got everybody that's got to make this thing work. So they're ready to go. It's 6 o'clock. No Frank. 6.30 rolls around. No Frank. 6.45, they start playing cards. Still no Frank. The door comes flying open at 8.40, 20 minutes before the end of the session. Sinatra comes in with his entourage. Uh, Blaine said he had some babe with him in a mink stole or something like that. The door flies open, and he says, "And Sinatra says, are we ready here? Are we ready here? And uh, everybody was ready. They've been ready since 6 o'clock. So Frank puts his entourage over to the side, sits the babe down. You sit here. I'm going to sing. So Sinatra, at 8.41 now, walks in front of the microphone, looks into the control room, and says, hit it. And they kick right into this song. And, of course, it's being played perfectly, just the way it sounds. And Sinatra nails it, except at the end, when the songwriter and the producer and nobody knows how he's supposed to end this song. There's no end to it. And Sinatra says, well, just fade it out. We'll just fade it out. No, 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 just fade it out. It'll be fine. And Blaine is sitting behind his drum kit. And he says, I don't know what made me say this. He says, but why, he said, Frank, why don't you put a little something on the end of the song that may be just you, your personality? Sinatra says, what would that be? And so Blaine suggested Sinatra end the song with this. <laughs> that was the second take, and that was it. Sinatra looks in the control room and says, did we get that? That good? All right, we're out of here. Let's go. 8.41, he stands in front of a microphone an hour and 41 minutes late, nails it in two takes, ends the song with something that made absolutely no sense, dooby-dooby-doo, because the drummer said, hey, you might want to try that. The other thing that happened in that session, I don't mean to go on and on about anecdotes, but this is pretty funny. The uh, guitarist on that song was part of the Wrecking Crew, a young, well-scrubbed, just a good-looking guy from Arkansas by the name... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Of Glenn Campbell. 
And Glenn Campbell is playing the guitar on the first take that they do when Sinatra can't figure out how to finish the song. And he's playing the guitar and he's staring at Frank Sinatra. And it's making Sinatra comfortable. So after that first take, Sinatra goes over to the producer. He goes, who's that guy? Why is he staring at me? The producer goes over to Glenn Campbell. He says, what are you staring at Frank Sinatra for? He goes, I can't believe I'm in the same studio as Frank Sinatra. This is unbelievable. The producer says, well, you're making Frank upset. Stop it. He's saying it's like in a loud, but you're making Frank upset. Stop it. And Frank goes back to the microphone, looks in the control room. We ready? Let's do it. They made it in the second take. He was out the door at 10 and 9. Just the kind of stories that float around when you're part of a legend. All right, straight ahead, we uh, have our weekly uh, visit with the Better Business Bureau. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of business things going on out there, some good, some bad, so we're going to get into that. And then, at 11 o'clock, if your child is a bully and is disciplined by the school system, should you, as a parent, be fined by that school system in an effort to stop what is becoming a continuing problem in a lot of school systems, and that is bullying. So we got that to deal with. Many more things as we cruise till noon, filling in for the now seemingly mythical Scott Sloan. Ken Brew, 700 WLW. How to submit. Doing our best to protect you from evil cons, cheats, and swindlers. This is Scam of the Week with Sandy Guile of the Better Business Bureau. Sandy Guile joins us now here on 700 WLW on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And we have to point out that Sandy busts scams. She doesn't create scams. Let's yes. get that out of the way, Sandy, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for that clarification, yeah. Ken. It's good, it's good to talk to you Yeah, today. we haven't talked in a while. Uh, there are a lot of scams out there, right? And a lot of them just play on the people that really don't know any better or not used to dealing with things like this. The elderly are always a target on things like that, but they're just scams everywhere, particularly online everywhere, right? Absolutely. Uh, we just released our scam tracker report. We do this every year, and marketplace scams represent about $50 billion drain in the U.S. economy and rubs consumers and legitimate businesses alike. And believe it or not, our scam tracker tool, which has been around for about four or five years, uh, in the last year alone, people in the United States and Canada reported more than 50,000 scams to our scam tracker tool with a new scam being reported every 10 minutes. Let that sink in for a moment. So in the course of our conversation today, right here on 700LW, more than more scams are going to be reported in the next 10 minutes. I, I think I think, I think, think what people are concerned about here, Sandy, is, is they're, they're just unsuspecting. They may have an email account that gets hacked, or they may have some other way that somebody can get in on some fishing expedition, and that's spelled right. with a P-H, on some fishing expedition, and, and, and they say, oh, well, what's this? And they open that, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, their life is a living hell for a couple of days. It can be. It can also be those nasty robocalls. And believe me, I have heard from the public about those robocalls. Everybody is getting frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. And the one message I would like to let everyone know is, please, number one, don't play with them. Number two, if it's a phone number you do not recognize, let it go to voicemail. Do not answer it because the Federal Trade Commission, the FCC, the Attorney Generals, everybody is getting sick and tired of them, just like you are sick and tired of them, and they're trying to figure out ways to regulate the phone industry because that's a big problem is that it's deregulated right now, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out ways to block those calls that are coming in from outside of the country. 
Yes, we say do use the do not call registry list, but these scammers just don't care. They don't about care. That. They, they don't care. Honestly, do not care. It's sneaky too, because you'll mm-hmm. get like you'll see an area code and and then uh, whatever your prefix may be eight three one eight two seven four one six. And it's, oh, oh, wait a minute, that's right down the street from me. Correct. And it's not. It's coming from someplace over in Africa or India or someplace like that, and they're just going in there. And it may even be it may even be somebody that, that that's conducting a legitimate business that's just mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of you using these kinds of phone numbers, and then you hear it, and then you, you know, like you say, yeah. don't answer it if you don't know who it is. If you don't know who it is, no. yes. So, so please, just let them go to voicemail. Let them go. But according to our report, we've digested the data, we've looked at the numbers, and we determined that the employment scams were the most riskiest for consumers to fall for. Really? Yes. And uh, as we've said before, a lot of times what these scammers do is they watch the news, they surf the Internet, and they see what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. and they determine how to craft their next message or their next scheme. And it was determined that Amazon was the sixth most impostered brand last year utilizing the employment scam, wow. probably because it was mentioned in the news quite a bit sure. while looking for a high-profile search for their second headquarters. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's... how they, they operate. And now let's talk, if we can, about this sweepstakes operator that was busted <laughs> and had to forfeit $30 million. $30 million. Yeah, can you believe that? No. Well, we know it's not Ed McMahon because he's dead, so it had to be <laughs> someone else, right? Yeah, this was a company based in Missouri, and the defendants had to turn over more than $21 million in cash, two luxury vacation homes, a yacht, a Bentley, and other personal property (laughs) that they all acquired from stealing cash from victims. That's the sad part of it. And this case represents the largest forfeiture the FTC has ever obtained in a case against a sweepstakes scam. And how it worked is this particular company sent out tens of millions Notice they said millions of mailers to consumers around the world telling the recipients they had won or were likely to win a substantial cash prize. It's all in the phrasing, and that's how these schemes work, as much as $2 million, or they were entered to do like a pay-to-play type of thing where you would solve puzzles and math games and stuff like that if you entered to win and paid a fee. Sometimes the mailers just simply said, congratulations, you just won a million dollars or $1.2 million without clearly and conspicuously disclosing the total fees that the recipient have to pay. And they would continue to pay and continue to pay. And a lot of times they would target the elderly. And if you are a caregiver of an elderly person, pay attention to this. Because if you go into the home and you find out the utilities aren't getting paid, the electric bill's not getting paid, credit cards aren't getting paid, but these sweepstakes are chances are they're getting scammed. So keep an eye out for this. Report it to the U.S. Postal Inspector because it's a form of mail fraud. Report it to our scam tracker because this is how we collect all of this data. So so go to scamtracker.org and also report it to the Federal Trade Commission at FTC.com. Yeah, I I mean, and you and I have talked about this. I know you talked to Scott about it a lot, but it just seems like older Americans, uh, particularly when it comes to tech, Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the ones that uh, they're the ones that seem to fall victim to mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And I, I guess you're right. If you're a care if you're a caregiver, you got to be vigilant about it. But let's face it, there are some there are some elderly people that are just fine. They're they're on their own yeah. and they're functioning well and all that. And they you know they, they want to trust everybody you know because it was just that the greatest generation. But un- unfortunately, it's just not that way. No, a lot of times they could be on the Internet keeping up with friends and family, maybe through Facebook or through email. Some of them are very tech-savvy, and they've got their personal devices, 
and they're just texting and stuff like that when all of a sudden a box pops up and it says you have a virus or there's something wrong with your computer and to dial a 1-800 number. So not really thinking it all the way through. They'll call that number on the screen. They have somebody on the other end of the line and they're wanting access to their computer. Little do they know that that person that is remotely accessing their computer is also gathering up personal information. The Federal Trade Commission got nearly 143,000 reports about tech oh, support scams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And lost about $55 million oh in these schemes. So that just gives you an overall picture about how scary that can be. And these pers- these people claim they're from Microsoft or Apple. Or they may even spoof the caller ID if they're just randomly calling. A lot of times people say, well, I, you know, I got this phone call. They said they were with Microsoft or Apple stating there was something wrong with my computer. And that's really when the red flags need to go off. Yeah. And a lot of people said, I knew it was a scam because I don't even own a computer. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, right. Well, technically you do if you have a tablet. Right. But <laughs> or or if, you, if you have a cell phone, in essence, you, you, you've, got, you've got that, too, that would, that would qualify as a computer because you've got, you've got access to the Internet and all. So, okay. So, I mean, even if, even if you're not over 60, if you're under 60, whatever it may be, if you see an, an email that you don't recognize, don't open it. Don't if open for it. some reason you do, don't click on any links right. that are inside it. And I just uh, and you just got to be vigilant about your security software, right? Absolutely, you have to keep that up to date. Whether it is your cell phone, your tablet, your personal device, or even that big clunky old computer that's sitting on your desktop, <laughs> you have to make sure all of those software pieces are updated on a regular basis. If you're not even sure what the heck it does, find a trusted family member who can walk you through those steps. Right. Make sure your passwords are up to date, and just make sure that even if you've got Wi-Fi in your home, your routers are up to date because a lot of times these guys can sneak in that way yeah, too. Yeah, Sandy Giles, our guest, she's with us each week at this time. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about the uh, Stand as One for Women Veterans event that's mm-hmm. coming up here, I believe, this Saturday, is it not? Yes, Saturday, March 16th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Furniture Fair at 7200 Dixie Highway in Fairfield. This is a free event for our women's veterans. If you are looking for a job, you need to schedule a mammogram, you are uh, looking for other health care services through the VA Medical Center, or maybe you feel like you don't, uh, you don't qualify for VA benefits, this is the place to get that information. We strongly encourage for you to stop on by. Check out cincyvets.org for more information. That's C-I-N-C-Y-V-E-T-S dot O-R-G. And you got some, I, I want to get this in. I know you're going to talk with Scott as we as we get further down the road here in the, in the spring, but the Patriot Cup, Friday, May 17th, right? That's yes. a big, big deal for you guys. This is an awesome event and one of our biggest fundraisers for our Center for Ethics program. And we're expecting quite about 125 shooters. This is a clay shoot. Yeah. And this is an event that has been growing over the last several years. And it is a fabulous and fun day. We can, we give you lunch. Uh, we're increasing our prizes. But every participant this year is going to receive a T-shirt and a gift bag. So please, please, please register today. If you haven't already, go to centerforethics.org. Sandy Guile, Better Business Bureau. Triple B's right there. They're on your <laughs> Side too. One more time, I want to ask you because this is uh, your, uh, your, you've got a whole toolkit there for scam trackers and all that. Where can people find that? You can definitely find it on bbb.org or go directly to scamtracker.org. All right. Well, I'm sure Scott will be in next week, robust and better and ready to talk to you then. Thank you, Sandy. You're welcome. Yeah, Sandy Giles knows her stuff. There are a lot of things out there. You know, 
you know, my I, I talk about my dad a lot here. He's going to be 95 in May, and he's he's still with it. But he, he he's constantly barraged, as am I. I'm sure you too are these 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 calls from these places. They want to sell you this. They want to sell you that. And so he thought, well, I'll just stay. I'll just play with this guy on the phone and talk to him for ten minutes. And that means there's like four other people he can't call. I said pop. You start interacting with those people, you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep calling you back. They're going to tell you, tell their buddies, hey, this guy, he'll talk to you. Yeah, you, because all they care about is can they get you on the phone? Can they keep you on the phone long enough to make sure that, that whatever you're talking about, they can call you the next time? Don't talk to them. Don't, don't No, Psst, swat them away like fly. You're going to get another person calling you in 15, 20 minutes. And I said, just block the call. They're like flies. You block one, another one comes in. You block one, another one comes in. But the the federal government is going to have to get a hold of the of the phone the phone uh, issue in this country because there is just so much harassment going on from unwanted phone calls. I I, I just don't understand what happened. Something happened with the do not call list. But you can be on that, and you're still going to get those unsolicited messages, unsolicited business. You have no idea where they're from. It is a mess. It's coming up on ten forty seven. Ken Bruin for Scott Sloan in a little bit, why bullying is a big problem and uh, why parents now may be held financially accountable. We're going to get into that much, much more. 1047 News Radio 700 WLW. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome back. It's 1106. Glad you're with us. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. If you're a parent, you know this is a problem. Bullying. It happens in all ways, shapes, and forms. Back when, when I was a kid, maybe when you were a kid, it was on the school ground, the playground, maybe after school, maybe it was somebody on the school bus. Now it comes in all shapes and sizes. It comes on the Internet. It comes in person. It, uh, it comes on s- social media. It is a real, real problem. And now parents in a Wisconsin town are looking for a way to hold other parents accountable if their children are bullies. They're trying to get that town to issue tickets to the parents of the bullies. And it could be as much to as much as $1,000 a ticket. Is it a good idea? I think anything that curbs bullying is a great idea. Someone else who thinks it's a good idea, too, is Florence Ann Romano. She is the Windy City Nanny, the voice of child care in the new millennium. We'll talk about that publication. We'll talk with... Uh, her about bullying right now on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And Windy City Nanny, welcome back to 700 WLW. How are you? Good. So glad to be back. How are you? Good. It's good. Yeah, it is good that we talk again. And this is, if I'm a parent right now, if I'm a parent of a, of a teenager or somebody who's a preteen, I worry about a lot of things. I worry about alcohol. I worry about getting into a car. I worry about boys or girls. But I've always, regardless of the whatever whatever we're in, whether it's the 2000s or the 60s, 70s, or 80s, I've, we always worry about bullying. This is this is a really major, major thing that simply isn't going away, is it? It's not going away. And the, the mediums that we have uh, that people are using to bully are changing so rapidly because of technology and because of things that you know, our generation, generations, you know, before us have never seen before, and they would never think of as a threat. So when, when you look at an article like this that's trying to curb bullying, like you said, 
Uh, it's an interesting strategy. Uh, and what I like about it, and there are some holes in it, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm like, oh, well, you haven't totally thought this through. I think this is a good idea, but we still need to kind of flush some things out. But what I like about it is it's involving the parents. It's making it a family issue mm-hmm. because what I have found to be the case when it comes to bullying, and this is not something that's new. This is a tried and true uh, example that has happened from the beginning of time when there's bullying, is that parents tend to not want to take responsibility and say, oh, no, that wouldn't be my child. No, 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 my kid would never do that. That's the one common denominator we still have here. And so this this is making those parents get involved and saying, hey, if you don't do something about this, then we're going to fine you. Uh, and I think that that's a really great idea to get them involved with the school, with the other parents, find out what's really going on. Uh, I think that the holes I see in it, though, are, okay, well, what's the caveat to it? Because if you do get the parents involved mm-hmm. and it continues, then, you know, are you issuing a fine still when you're, the parent's like, hey, I am doing everything I can. I do not know what to do here. You know, I can't control the kid. Then there's other steps sure. that need to be taken. Sure. And um, you, you could get into, I mean, you get into a he said, he said, he said, she said. Right. I, I mean, you're going to have to, you know, I, I think for this to work, you're almost going to have to establish a track record with the bully. In other words, you build a case against the bully and you have several complaints. And then when there's that next complaint, that's when you drop the hammer. But I, uh, but here's. Here's the thing, though, uh, what, what, and, and psychologists have told me this, that if, if physical bullying is, I think, what, what people of a certain age experienced up until this age when it now becomes their cyberbullying and all that. Uh, I've had psychologists tell me on this show that if there's a bully, chances are his father or her father or his mother or her mother was a bully as well, and that it's not something that the kid just learns on his own. There's been some sort of practical application before that kid became a bully, and usually it's the parent that was involved with it. And that, I think, is a very interesting uh, kind of analysis of uh, perhaps what could have been going on there. But my, my response to that is, yes, maybe there's a a certain percentage that, you know, does kind of breed more of a child that's prone to bullying. But I also think the flip side to it is you have to look at the company your child keeps. Uh, I found that to be the case firsthand even when I was growing up and then as a nanny seeing what was going on um, with the children that I nannied for and their friends that they didn't have the best influences there in, in their groups of friends. And it was kind of a peer pressure thing where, you know, they felt like in order to be cool, in order to fit in, they had to do certain things, say certain things, and kind of bully certain people. And the nicest people as parents, you know, who are absolutely mortified to learn that this was going on. So I don't think there's any one cookie-cutter example of how you breed a child who's going to be a bully because there are many factors out there. But, again, the one common denominator to that is how are you handling it and the worst thing you can possibly do as a parent is not take it seriously yeah. not investigate it right. you do have to make sure you're playing your part and that's why i think uh, what's going on here in wisconsin is interesting because it uh, i don't want to yeah i guess i would it empowers the parent to be part of the process that fixes it as opposed to hey your kid beat up my kid or hey your kid's harassing my kid on online or whatnot it's like, hey, look, this is going on. It happened with my kid, and I, I do think if you, I do think if you keep a track record, if you say, okay, uh, here's here's little Ralph, and 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 Ralph has done this three or four times, then 
the authorities can come in and say to Ralph's parents, look, we've had three separate, four separate instances here. You've been warned. Now you're going to be fined. And I, I, I think if you build a, tr- build a case, build a track record, like anything else you have to do in light, uh, uh, and that is if you want to fire somebody, you have to build a case against them being fired and whatnot, or case for them being fired. I think if you build a track record, a case here, it'll be easier to impose the fine in this instance. And I, I think they may be onto something in Wisconsin in, indeed here. But you've got to build a case for this, don't you? I, I, you, exactly. You do have to build a case. But I do think it's interesting because, you know, in parenting and disciplining, whether you're the parent or the nanny, you always have to find something to threaten a child with. What is it, taking away their iPad or grounding them? Mm. Or what is it? Well, hey, I mean, if this becomes the norm where, you know, this is instated in all schools across the United States and it's known that if you bully you're going to, you know, be in trouble almost, you know, with the law. You know, this is now just, you know, this is a this is a legal issue. Maybe that's going to be, you know, just kind of one of those things like, you know, hey, when we try to speed in a construction zone and they're like, you're going to be fined this much or if you hit a worker, you're going to, you know, could be in jail for 12 years or whatever it is, you know, it kind of scares us enough when we're, you know, doing yeah. that and thinking, yeah. oh, my gosh, you yeah. see that sheriff sitting there. Yeah. You know, maybe it's something that will become the norm and maybe it will cut down on the bullying because children will just grow up knowing that, hey, this is something I can't do and I don't want to get in trouble. And that would be great. It would be great if children were fearful of the bullying and then maybe we can eradicate it totally eventually um, if it becomes afraid of it and then maybe it's just not what anyone does anymore because it's not happening. It's not being seen around them. So they're on to something in Wisconsin. They absolutely are. I'm interested to, to follow this, and, and I hope they have some case studies soon to be able to see how it's working. We're chatting with Florence Ann Romano. She's the Windy City Nanny. She, uh, your book, uh, I want to say it's been, what, four years, maybe five years, Nanny and Me? How, how many years has that been out now? Three. It's been out three. three. I can't believe it. Yep, Nanny and wow. Me, and it helps children understand the transition of being cared for by their parents to being cared for by a nanny or a caretaker used as a tool to help that ease that transition. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Windy City Nanny is also the CEO and owner of Kindred Content, a full-service uh, production company, video production company. She's based up in the Chicago area. Why do kids have to bully? I mean, I don't under I don't understand. <laughs> well, I mean, you could probably spend the next 50 years debating that question, but, well, I mean, you've got enough anecdotal experience why do you why do you think kids need to be bully and why do you think kids are just targets for bullying any idea i think that because of the different ways people bully now i you know breaking it down kind of is important but i think the, the one big reason people do it like i said before comes from a place of peer pressure um, and a self-esteem issue um, and the company they keep and uh, trying to fit in in whatever way they think makes them cool. Uh, and it's, it's really difficult now because the cyberbullying has taken it to a new level where you're not just bullied, you know, for maybe being a little dorky. You know, back in yeah. the day it was, you know, it's kind of the dorky kid in school. Yeah. Um, you know, now they're attacking how you look. And it's causing so many body image issues with girls and self-esteem problems. Mm. And it leads to this crazy suicide rate that we're seeing. And, um, you know, I, I would like to think we also live in a kinder world where children aren't making fun of others that have special needs. But we're seeing that, too. And it just breaks my heart to think that we're not raising children to be kinder and yeah. gentler and more tolerant. So I think bullying stems from a lot of different a lot of different places, but I do charge parents 
uh, as you're raising your children, that you do come from a place of kindness with them from the very beginning and, and help them understand that it's the person that needs to be backed up. It's the person that's being picked on that you want to be an advocate for, you know, be that person mm-hmm. in, in their life. You know, you don't have to be friends with everyone. That's always what I told the nanny kids. You don't have to be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But you do have to be nice to everyone. You do have to be kind. Yeah. And I think if we can approach it in that way, we could help with the bullying. But the, the issue I see more than anything, and that what worries me the most is now children really are, um, playing these horrible, horrible mind games with one another where it's causing them to just fall into these severe depressions. And being yep. a kid is hard. Yeah, it, it is. is hard. It is. It is. And being a parent is hard. It's, you have right. to be so vigilant now with, with, uh, with social media uh, and parents don't want to infringe. They don't want to seem like they're spying on their kids and what they're doing on with their cell phones and everything. But you know what? That's probably not a bad thing to do, particularly when the child is, you know, 10, 11, 12, if indeed that child's got a cell phone. Uh, those things can be a, 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 those things can be a weapon in the wrong person's hand. You've got to be vigilant if you're a parent as to what your child's doing online and what, more important, what, what other people are saying to your child, because I think that's where a lot of this stuff starts. You have to be a parent. Yeah, I mean, you got to be. You can't be a friend. Yeah. you got to be a parent. Yeah. You've got to be a parent, yeah. and you know what? You know, you, you have to be the bad guy. You know, you can't get to the place where you're their friend, like when they're in their 20s and 30s, and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, hey, great, I did a great job. I can hang up that kind of parenting hat a bit and now really enjoy the children, you know, that I've that we've raised. You know, but you got to put in the work, yeah. and, you know, you never – you're embarrassed sometimes, sometimes as a parent because you feel like it reflects poorly on you if your child's making bad decisions. But that's when you really need to step in. And put your foot down and say that, you know, this, these are the consequences and I, this is not acceptable and this is not the type of. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, family that we are, you know, person that I'm going to allow you to be. I mean, that's a big, another big issue that I could talk about for years and years and years is talking about what's happened to parenting in this country. <laughs> and, you know, I just don't understand yeah, no, uh, really don't what's either. happened here. I don't either. So I think... You know, yeah, they, they're contributing to it. Right. Parents are contributing to it. Right. And, you know, sorry, I know I'm going to get a lot of, you know, got a you know, mean, probably mud swung at me for that comment, no. but I'm sorry. No, you know? a, kid, I, a kid doesn't need a friend and a parent at 13, 14, yeah. and 15. A kid needs a parent. And you're right. There's plenty of time when the kid is an adult at 23, 28, and having children of their own for you to be a friend. But right now, they need a parent. I just cringe. I'll tell you, I cringe when I hear someone say, I'm my child. She's my, I'm her best friend. She doesn't need that. She needs a parent is what she needs. So, but I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. The Windy City, you, uh, WindyCityNanny.com. That's how we find you, right? Yes. Uh, yep. You know, come look me up anytime. And I'm also all over social media as well. Yeah. Florence Ann Romano, WindyCityNanny.com. And check out her book. 
Uh, Nanny and Me, mascot books out now for the last three years and doing very, very well. Uh, this is terrific. Thanks you so much for your time. Good luck. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, your, your kid doesn't need you to be their best friend. I mean, I hear that all the time. Oh, where is she? I'm her best friend. We're be-. No, you're a parent. You've got plenty of other people. 749-7000-1800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Has bullying been a problem either in your life or in your kid's life? And if it is, how did you handle it? I want to know. 749-7000-1800, the big one. It's, uh, you know, honestly, uh, you've got more power as a parent if your kid is bullying or if it is being bullied. And I think these people up in Wisconsin may be onto something. Issue a ticket. For anybody that bullies someone else, anywhere from fifty to a thousand dollars, I'm going to keep my eye on that. That could be something to keep your eye on, or maybe two, or just pay somebody. You know, if you're rich, and they'll keep their eye on it for you. It is eleven twenty. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan, seven hundred W. By Grubhub. Eleven twenty-five News Radio seven hundred WLW. I love I love this song. You got to change your evil ways. You have to find some new evil ways if you want to keep me around. Carlos Santana. I think he's coming to town. I think he's he's coming through someplace, Rose or uh, PNC Pavilion. I think he's coming through town this summer. Never a bad time to see Carlos Santana in concert. 749-7000-1800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. So bullying. Has ever been a problem for you? Or your kid? And if so, how did you handle it? Here is uh, J.J. in Cincinnati. J.J., you go right ahead. Good good morning, Ken. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, J.J. I hope you are, too. Well, it's great to hear you on the radio. I used to watch you on Channel 5, et cetera, et cetera. I've been on all of them. I've been on all of them, J.J. I know this. And and also, I met you downtown um, at the uh, the tape. And a couple of events I was yeah. doing. Yeah. But um, I was telling your uh, screener, um, I was an NCO in the military, and I just I got out in 2017. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was having an issue, and, you know, the social media, the, the, the uh, smartphones, those, you guys have been saying it, it is going to be the death of us because that's all that they're on. Well, it, it was crazy. So when I went up to the school, the principal, and he identified himself because I went up, I was in my uniform, he identified himself, and he was a captain uh, in the military or was a captain. And once we sat down and, and talked, and I know all parents are going to be like this, but I tried to go in with the military mindset, mm-hmm. but trying to use a civilian tact. But when I talk, when I, when I uh, talked to to the principal, and once once we found out what was going on, we just we just squashed it. She had she didn't have a lot another issue in you know for the for the rest of that yeah. school year. Well, uh, so so uh, so you 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 just kind of became proactive on that, huh? Very proactive, and that's and that's 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 all that my kids know. Hmm. Um, is dad been in the army for? No, twenty years, right. and my and my kids as they grew up, 
that that is all they knew. Yeah. So they knew if I was up at school and I was in my uniform, the whole the whole school district knew when Mr. Kennedy came up there. Yeah. And that's just that's that's just how I rolled. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, they, you gotta, they knew. Uh, thanks, JJ. They knew when you came up, it was serious business. That's what they knew. Sandy's in Cincinnati and wants to weigh in. Sandy, you go right ahead. Hi, I'm Sandy Rabe. I am on the board of directors for the Council on Child Abuse. Uh-huh. And I heard your program while I was driving in the car, and I was wanted to call in and let you know that we um, we have school pro- we have prevention specialists mm-hmm. that go into schools, and we teach about bullying and how to stop bullying. And um, we also want to work on child abuse besides just the bullying part. Yeah. But um, we are working so hard to... Well, well, uh, when you say we, who's we? Uh, uh, the what, Council on Child Abuse. Yeah, what, 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 uh, what school system? Uh, it's for all of Cincinnati. All of Cincinnati, um, okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't is, sure what we meant, or whether it was one yeah. school or the whole, whole school system. Okay, I apologize. No, that's we all right. Are, we, we are the Council on Child Abuse. Um, we go to a website, which is... Um, C-O-C-A, which yeah. is the acronym for um, Complex Child Abuse. Yeah. And um, we actually are putting on a fundraiser in April, which that's another whole thing. But yeah. the more money that we make, we are we, we send prevention specialists right. into classrooms. Right. And they give a 45-minute program. And at the end of it, they say to the teacher, if you, um, if you would like to come out and talk to us, uh, Please let your teacher know. So then the, the child goes out into the hallway and tells what's going on in their house, whether it's abuse or yeah, whether it's right. um, bullying. Yeah. And uh, we're working very hard to yeah. stop the bullying going on in, well, right. in Cincinnati, but it's literally everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere, as, as you well know. Sandy, thanks for the call. It's, it's, it's not just physical. It's verbal. It's, it's, it's online. And that sounds like a wonderful program, but uh, sometimes it's, you know, that, as, as much as you try, it's just not enough. And uh, I think that's probably what's going on here in Wisconsin, is uh, parents are trying to take matters into their own hands, and they're trying to get a city administrator up there uh, to, uh, to actually get in line a program where the parents of the bully are fined. And uh, we'll see exactly how, how successful they are. I think it's, it's going to be a difficult thing because you're going to have to establish a track record can't just say, "Well, my kid got bullied by your kid. I'm going to find. I'm going to see if they can find find you fifty bucks or hundred bucks." There has to be a pattern there. There have to, there have to be warnings. It's like I said. It's kind of like when a company wants to fire an employee. Uh, you have to build a reason. You have to be build a reason for dismissal with cause, and that's what this is. I think if they get this thing as far as they want to get it, which would be the actual implementation of the fine. There would have to be some sort of track record, some sort of bookkeeping done on it. But I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting concept for a problem that, frankly, has been around since time. Seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one in a moment. Luke Perry died two weeks ago from a stroke, and he was only fifty-two. Is that young? Is it too young? And how young are you to be susceptible to something like that? We're back next on 700 W. Last Adventure. 700 WLW, welcome back. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan on this Tuesday. It was just a couple of weeks ago that um, Luke Perry uh, left this earth, the uh, actor who was, uh, from all indications, I mean, 
it looked like he was um it looked like he was um in good health but unfortunately Luke Perry uh suffered a stroke and a lot of people thought at the time well that's young I think he was 52. That's young. Strokes only happen to older people, right? Well, no, they don't. They can happen to anyone, depending on what kind of physical condition you're in. And a lot of times, you don't know what kind of physical condition you're in. I mean, your blood pressure, have you had that tested lately? Your cholesterol, have you had that checked lately? Strokes can happen to anybody if you're not in the best physical condition. And there's a lot of reasons why you may be in the least uh, favorable medical and uh, physical condition. Somebody who knows about this is the author of Alive with Life, a medical medical doctor's guide to live your best life. He is Dr. Gary Epler, and he's been very busy the last couple of weeks in light of what happened to Luke Perry, so we're happy we can get him on here on 700 WLW to talk about this very important topic. And uh, Dr. Epler, welcome to 700 WLW. How are you? Oh, Ken, I'm fantastic. I, I had a wonderful morning this morning, a nice run over at Babson College here in Boston, oh. Rosalie. And then I did some lifting and I did some yoga stretches oh. and I finished up with a little swim, Ken. Oh. It's fantastic. So you're not Great one of the, to... yeah, I love Boston, but you're not one of those obnoxious New England Patriot fans. Uh, oh, Ken, hey, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, there were a lot of mitigating factors as to what caused a stroke, but th- there are, I think, a few things that are number one on the hit parade or could contend for number one on the hit parade, high blood pressure, cholesterol cholesterol, smoking, obesity, uh, those just, I think anymore, are just givens that you probably want to corral all of those. In the case of obesity and diabetes, uh, certainly corral them as much as possible. But uh, 52, Luke Perry, to a lot of people, that caught them by surprise he was so young. But it's, it's not atypical, is it? Well, it surprised me. Still does. Mm. 52 years old. And as you said, he looked good. He looked thin, healthy. And, and the reason, there's three strokes, three types of strokes, and we don't know which one he had. The first one is an aneurysm. Mm. That's a balloon kind of uh, yeah. feature of an artery, and it pops or breaks. Yeah. The second one is bleeding into the brain. Now, that one's from high blood pressure yeah. or a fall. Mm. And the third one is a blood clot. Ooh. And the blood clots are usually from uh, what's called atrial fibrillation in the heart, mm. and it forms a clot and goes up to the brain. Right. Right, and and, and uh, in the case of uh, case of that, and uh, listen, I I had two bout I had two bouts with AFib in uh, in, in December, Ooh. so yeah, so I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, t- totally, uh, yeah, totally uh, unexpected. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you you've got to you've really got to be your own best advocate in these things. And blood pressure and cholesterol are not difficult things to monitor, are they? Oh, easy to monitor. But you, you need to prevent them, and that's all about uh, this lifestyle. And, and uh, there are 15 elements about how to prevent those. And, and the big three, nutrition, exercise, and sleep. Yes, yeah. You can't run away from a bad diet, I can tell you that. If you're, oh, if, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that seems to be the one that most people uh, struggle with, uh, diet. I mean, they, 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 they adhere to a diet. They, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to do this. But it's it's not necessarily a diet. It's a lifestyle change. You have to commit to a lifestyle change, right? Ken, you said the magic word. What's Diets that? are the biggest biggest weight gain in the United States because they all work for a couple weeks, a couple months. Three years down the line, people gain an additional 10, 20 pounds. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's because of what? It's science. Yeah. It's the science. Your your neural system has been. It's like a thermostat. Your eating system in the brain has been upped to an increased level, and it's going to be there forever. It's mm-hmm. been changed forever, and so you need you eat more to bring that up, and and just diets are are bad that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It, it lifestyle. is a lifestyle change, and 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 part of that too is is exercise. Now, people don't want to hear that. They you know they, they don't want to spend time at the gym. Are you kidding me? But you know, if you if you if you look at it in a in a global sense, and that what what am I doing to, in global to keep me on this globe longer than what maybe I I will have given my present lifestyle? I think you probably would buy into that because diet feeds into exercise feeds into lifestyle and i just think it's there's kind of like this synergy that 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 everything works off of and exercise is huge well they work all together and exercise you really do need an hour a day seven days a week and mix it up and and the main thing about it gives you energy that's the main thing i like about it It, it's giving me i'm going to have enough energy like this for another eight hours yeah. And, and and the other it decreases stress. Yeah, it does. And and, and you know I'm I'm a, I'm a gym warrior. I'm there five days a week. I right. I can't get there seven, but I'm there five days a week. And what I find is is because of that, uh, it, it it just plays right into the, my diet and what I want to eat. I don't want to have to go to the gym and put all that work in and then go home and you know throw a thousand calories down my throat in 45 minutes because that that doesn't help the gym doesn't help that so no it doesn't doesn't at all big, that's a big mess uh, people say oh gee i work out every day i'm going to be able to eat this and i can no. eat that it's the opposite no it's the opposite. right 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 uh stro- <laughs> You don't exercise to, to lose weight. No, 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 no. No, no. no. Dr. Gary Epler is our guest. He earned his master's in public health from Harvard and his M.D. from the Tulane School of Medicine. My kid went to undergraduate school down there. Very nice, oh, Tulane. phenomenal place. I'm going down this weekend. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. Fantastic beautiful, beautiful, beautiful campus. Um, okay, so you know, I'm sure Luke Perry was with some other people when, I would hope, maybe he wasn't. I don't know when he had his stroke, but... How, do, how can you tell if someone you're with, or more important probably to you, how would you know if you're experiencing a stroke? What are the signs? Well, this is really important. The first one that happens is acute onset. That's rapid onset over a few seconds of slurred speech. Just, just some slurred speech. And mm-hmm. the second is this confused look. person just kind of stares a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And they're relatively subtle but they're very obvious uh, in retrospect. And then, uh, and then there may be weakness. The, the face may droop and the, the side of the mouth may droop down. And, of course, the left arm, right arm, or, or leg may become weak and, and numb. So and there's the symptoms. And call 911. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> there are, no, I mean, yeah, that's just, again, a lot of this is, is common sense. That fits right in with the give up smoking and go, you know, exercise, good diet and all that. But why do some people have a better recovery from a stroke than other people? There are severities of strokes, certainly. But why do some people recover better and get more of their faculties back than other people? Uh, this, this is so important. Number one, it's uh, the type of stroke and how much there was and whether it was treated or not. As I said, the aneurysm can be fixed and repaired. The clot can be dissolved if the person is there within a short enough time, and that's two, three hours. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying minutes, call 911. Yeah. But the, here's the big one. It's if a, a hemorrhagic stroke. Those are relatively common from high blood pressure, 
Uh, not much we can do for the treatment, but there is a huge amount we can do after, and that's called rehabilitation, three weeks, three times a day, one hour of very vigorous physical therapy mm-hmm. and painful, and it starts day one. Yeah. And you can take people that are totally uh, disabled, dependent on other people and turn them back into society where they can live an independent life. It, uh, it, it, it's just frightening. It really is that, uh, that this is something that uh, is not recognized as something that can happen to younger people. But I think the headline here is, doctor, it's that it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, you need, first of all, you need to have good primary medical care to begin with. You have to see it. You have to have a GP and you have to see that GP with regularity. And then you have to be your best advocate and you have to take control of these things and don't blow it off and say, look, well, you know, I'll, I'll worry about that. Or I don't have to take this, or I, I, I don't have to eat that. I can eat this today. And just, just view yourself kind of like, well, what, what kind of life do I want to live? How healthy do I want to be? And how long do I want to be around? And if you empower yourself that way, I think you'll not only live healthier, you'll probably live happier as well. Ken, magic words. There you go. I could have gone to Tulane. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dr. Gary Epler, where do people find you? And uh, by the way, your book, Alive with Life, A Medical Doctor's Guide to Live Your Best Life, is out right now. How do people find you and find that book? Well, that book really works. I, I, I use it. I use it every day. Good, <laughs> Good for you. Elements. Yeah. But it's at uh, Gary Epler, mm-hmm. E-P-L-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. Gary Epler.com is there. You can go to Amazon. Or you, you can uh, buy one through the book, and I'll, I'll sign it and send a little message. How about that? What a guy. Uh, Doc, thanks very much. Uh, good luck, and uh, thanks for the tips. We appreciate it. Hey, Ken, you're just doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> far, so far, so good today. Thanks, Doc. Hey, great. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Dr. Gary Epler. And again, the book is called Alive with Life, a Medical Doctor's Guide to Live Your Best Life. Luke Perry, 52, when he died of a stroke. And uh, it's, just, it's, it's just so um, not preventable, but you can decrease your odds of being susceptible to something like that if you just use your head. You know, going on crash diets don't work. Eating well always works. Uh, getting the proper amount of exercise is tantamount. And, if you know, I, I, I know it is the most addictive thing that's out there, but, man, if you're, if you're a smoker, give it up. Just give it up. I mean, it, it not only contributes to this, but I told this story uh, many, many times, and I'll tell it, just, I'll, I'll tell it right here right now. Uh, when I was sitting with my late wife while she was going through chemotherapy, um, you could tell the smokers that were in there. And you, you just could tell. You could tell who they were. They could tell that w- w- they, they were going through chemotherapy for lung cancer. My mom was a smoker. And ultimately, it was uh, lung cancer that claimed her. And it's just, it's such such looks of regret. That's the only thing. The, over, the overwhelming thing I remember from sitting there was just such looks of, of regret. And um, so if you're doing that, get away from it. Plus, you'll save a lot of money, too. You'll go broke buying cigarettes. It's uh, coming up on 1148. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. News Radio 700 WL. Dot com. 1154 News Radio 700 WLW. Top of the hour after the news. Willie is in. All is right in the world. I don't know if you heard about this. This this sounded like it was a made-for-TV movie, but this news actually broke today while I was on the air. It involves 50 people 
who were arrested in a nationwide college admission cheating scam. 50 people. According to charging documents, it includes schools like Yale, Stanford, Georgetown, Southern Cal, and it (laughs) includes, I'm sorry, it includes actresses, actresses, CEOs, college admissions. The actresses that are involved in this are Felicity Huffman. She was in one of those Desperate Housewives things, right? I don't know which one. And Laura Lachlan, who, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, was she in, she was in something called Full Was she in Full House? Is that what it was? Anyway, <laughs> what do you hear this? Uh, the alleged scam centered around this this guy in California who ran a business helping students get into the colleges of their choice. And according to the charges filed today, parents would pay this guy a predetermined amount of money with full knowledge of what they were doing. He would then steer the money that these parents paid to one of two places, either an SAT or an ACT administrator or a college coach. The coach would then allegedly arrange a fake profile that listed the prospective student as an athlete and exam administrators would either hire proctors to take the test or correct the answers that the student gave. Now, these bribes range from anywhere from a few thousand dollars up to $6 million. They allege, these, these, uh, the feds allege, that Huffman and her husband, quote, made a purported charitable contribution of $15,000 to participate in the college entrance cheating scheme on behalf of their eldest daughter. Later, Huffman made arrangements to pursue the scheme a second time for her younger daughter. But then she said, eh, I'm not going to do it. Lachlan and her husband agreed to pay bribes totaling a half million dollars in exchange for having their two daughters designated as recruits to the Southern Cal crew team, despite the fact they never participated in crew. It was just a way to get them into the college, or in this case, Southern Cal. CEOs, actresses, athletics, college entrance exams. And you thought television was entertaining. I'm done. Always fun being here in the mornings, work filling in for Scott Sloan. Willie's next to make sense of everything, or so he shall try, on 700 WLW. Presents the Bearman Report, brought to you in part by the law offices of Stephen R. Adams and by the independent electrical contractors of Greater Cincinnati. This is UC Basketball from Learfield IMG College on 700 WLW, the home of the Bearcats. Dan Horde of Bearcats head coach Mick Cronin. It was a disappointing senior day for Justin Jennifer as the Bearcats lost to Houston on Sunday, but the point guard from Baltimore still has plenty to play for. Namely, the conference tournament this week in Memphis and the NCAA tournament beginning next week. Jennifer has played in 104 wins in his Bearcat career, third most in school history behind Steve Logan and Gary Clark. Having toughness, taking care of the ball, which shows up and is just a turnover, is huge. I mean, those things are huge. You you know, following instruction 
is something that any player can do, whether you're rated number one coming out of high school or number 200, and playing situational basketball and not only following instruction, helping your teammates follow instruction to make sure that we're playing smart is really the key to sports, especially team sports. And that's why I say all the time, you know, winning players come in all shapes and sizes, and they all have different statistics. Justin Jennifer is a winning player. The Bearcats are 25-6 and six heading into the postseason and are the number two seed in the conference tournament coming up in Memphis. Cincinnati will play its first game on Friday night at 7, and depending on potential conflicts, you'll hear it on either 1027 WEBN or News Radio 700 WLW. Listening to the Bearcat Report, presented by CBTS on 700 WLW, the home of the Bearcat. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.